Life can feel a bit full sometimes, maybe even too full. Work, socialising, caring, commuting. Have you needed to claw back a little time just for yourself to do something that's not a responsibility, that's just for fun? Fitting in a hobby might even feel like an extra pressure for some of us, but there can be significant health benefits. So is it worth making the time for a pursuit outside all our other jobs? We'll find out in a moment, but I'd love to hear about your hobby and more importantly, how you found it. How did you come across this thing that gives you so much joy and peace and, and I guess, detachment from the rest of your life? Perhaps you've embraced some hobbies and abandoned others. Ian on Facebook is a great example. He says, I've tried lots of things. At 45, writing songs was the culmination of trying to do things that everyone around me was doing. They were all doing DIY, cars, sport, houses, gardens. I finally gave myself to the thing that has captured Activated me since my first memory, music. My hobby found me, says Ian, eventually. Rob Donovan is with us today. He's an adjunct professor in the School of Human Sciences at the University of Western Australia and the founder and principal of Mentally Healthy WA's Act, Belong, Commit campaign. We'll hear a bit more about that in a moment. Rob, great to have you with us. Glad to be here. And Dr. Yazdan Mansourian is a senior lecturer researching serious leisure at Charles Sturt University. Can't wait to decide uh, how that differs from other kinds of leisure. (coughs) Dr. Mansourian, great to have you with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Tell us a little bit, Yazdan, what are your hobbies and how did you find them? Uh, Gardening and Persian poetry. And were they things that you grew up with or that you chose uh, explicitly later in life? It's a combination of both. Uh, But for me as a researcher who study hobbies, basically my hobby at the moment is uh, exploring different hobbies. I watch bird watchers. So it's a kind of, uh, you know, after six years research on this topic, I can tell you that leisure is like an acronym for me and each letter uh, represents a concept, uh, L for liberation, E for enjoyment, I for interest, S for satisfaction, U for unwinding, R for recreation, and E for entertainment. I want to get a little bit closer into that definition of hobbies because I, someone recently asked me if I had any interesting hobbies and I was ashamed to say I didn't. I just read books and talk to my friends about books. Does that count? Uh, you know, we different. Uh, we have different kinds of hobbies. Uh, uh, the simplest form, which is uh, still important and essential for our well-being, is casual leisure. So, casual leisure is for pure pleasure, for having fun, um, like reading a book, uh, having dinner with friends, uh, walking. You know, it, it's very important for our well-being. Uh, but it can be uh, a little bit uh, more serious. So uh, by serious leisure, uh, which includes uh, hobbies, voluntary activities and amateurism, um, you need to learn some uh, skills <coughs> and long-term commitment uh, to something that you are passionate about. Uh, and then there is a capacity to turn your hobby into uh, a career. And it will be part of your identity. Like, for example, bonsai growing. So, uh, but the point is here we are not uh, categorizing them based on the value because both aspects are equally important for our, we- our well-being. 
Yes, yeah, some uh, people would, would think of the idea of turning a hobby into a money-making project with horror. You know, I don't want to do that. That would defeat the purpose of it being a hobby. Yes, uh, you know, but, but the point is, uh, regarding my research findings, uh, having a sense of agency and autonomy is very important. So you don't have to uh, follow your hobby into, you know, higher level to turn it into a career. As long as you enjoy what you are doing... So, for example, if you are playing music instrument, you enjoy the act of playing. Uh, so that's important. So the concept of joy is essential here. And, uh, you know, it's very important to, uh, you know, choose whatever you really like to do, what you are passionate about. Mm. We're speaking with Dr. Yazdan Mansourian, who's a senior lecturer researching serious leisure at Charles Sturt University. <coughs> I'm very keen to hear your thoughts about your hobbies and what they do for you and how you chose that particular activity. Rob Donovan's an adjunct professor in the School of Human Sciences at the University of WA and deeply interested in the mental health aspects of doing hobbies. He's the founder and principal of Mentally Healthy WA's Act Belong Commit campaign, and we'll, we'll get into that, what that means in a moment. But Rob, I guess it shouldn't be surprising for someone who is so interested in the mental health benefits that you've got quite a long list of hobbies. Uh, what a number of hobbies. I, I guess uh, getting out into nature is certainly uh, one of them, walking through the bush or along the beach. <clears throat> um, I'm a member of a, a book club. Uh, I also like to play the piano and uh, pick at a guitar occasionally and um, collect various things, sort through them. Uh, so, yes, a, a number of hobbies. It's interesting, too, that some of those are solitary hobbies and some of those are hobbies that you would do with other people and some of them seem to be just a, a delightful thing to do and some of them uh, <coughs> have, have more of a purpose in life. Tell us a little bit about the different mental health benefits of different kinds of hobbies. Well, I guess it all varies, but it comes under the, the overall Act, Belong, Commit umbrella <clears throat> provides a, a framework and tells us there it's the things that we do th that contribute to good mental health. And by good mental health, I mean uh, having a sense of agency, as mentioned before, sense of control over your life, <clears throat> being able to cope with strains and stresses and problems, and having a sort of a, a positive outlook. And what our research and um, ages, ages of research show that keeping active mentally, spiritually, socially and so on, uh, having a sense of belonging and identity, keeping connected, doing group activities and doing things that provide meaning and purpose in life all contribute to a good sound uh, position of mental health. And that's a sense of resilience and capability and so on, as I said. So the different hobbies and so on provide different elements there. <clears throat> so some just provide a very good feeling. And we know that the more you experience positive emotions, then the better that is for you. Uh, certainly doing things in a group with people provides that sense of social interaction, which actually is more stimulating for your mind as well, but also gives that sense of identity and, and sense of belonging um, and then you can translate that further into doing things that provide some meaning and purpose. So some people like knittings. Um, so then they join a knitting group 
and then the knitting group decides to make uh, warm jumpers and so on, cardigans for people who can't afford them and various things. So you can turn your hobby into something a little more than just a pleasurable experience. You can turn it into something that provides more social connections and then you can turn it into something that does good for other people. And so other people who might take up, say, a little bit about cooking as a bit of a hobby, experiment with this of making some cakes or baking different sorts of dishes, casseroles and so on. And then you might join a, a cooking group. Uh, and then you might decide, well, let's develop some meals and uh, we'll take them along to uh, groups like Meals on Wheels and so on, or uh, homeless people's shelters and things, and or even uh, freeze those meals. And then when people need them, they get sick or something, you can pass them around to people that you know. So uh, we can develop and expand out the benefits that we get, but it all fits under those basic principles of keeping active, keeping connected, and doing something with meaning and purpose. It's interesting too how how differently people are interpreting the meaning and purpose um, mm. element of that on our text line. One says, my husband and I couldn't countenance just looking after our house and garden while also indulging in what we thought fairly pointless hobbies and uni courses. So we became among the first tree changers and we bought a beef cattle property. We found real pleasure in the new learning and became very active in the local community. Fabulous. And then Ember from Bondi says, after reading 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman, I felt validated after discovering Aristotle said that leisure is the purest of human pursuits mm. because it's the only thing that one does purely for the enjoyment of doing it. Understanding leisure mm. as a virtue is something a lot of people would benefit from. Yastan Mansourian, that's interesting, isn't it, in terms of how culturally we've come to see hobbies, that some people might feel pressure to, to make them into a money-making exercise. Is that something that you see? that people struggle with pure leisure? Uh, definitely. You know, uh, regardless of the type of the leisure activity that we follow, there is always a social element and cultural element in that. Even in hobbies that uh, you do the activity alone, there are some social elements. So, for example, I interviewed a number of bonsai growers in Australia, and when I asked them, what is your advice for people who are interested in bonsai growing? And they all said, join a club. So, uh, or for example, knitting, you can join a knitting group. So there is always a sense of belonging as part of the hobby that we choose. Of course, we have different kinds of hobbies, but, um, you know, uh, finding meaning and purpose. So basically there, there are three levels of engagement. It's pleasure, passion, and purpose. And they are so connected to each other. Um, and at the end, it can be very meaningful uh, activity. Yes, I was reminded of how during uh, quite a long embroidery phase, I just loved doing it so much, but I didn't have a, anywhere to put it. I ended up just having to give people <laughs> things randomly because I liked making them, but our house couldn't handle them. Rob, uh, from from your work with um, the, the mental health aspects of hobbies, how do you find a pursuit that you're likely to stick with? Well, firstly, as I mentioned, it's got to be something that you like, something that you enjoy. Um, it's also got to be uh, available to you, of course. 
but uh, essentially find something that you really do enjoy, that you do have time to do, um, and some ways of reinforcing that you're continuing that on is do it in combination with others or connected to others, or which may be a formal group like a book club, or it might be just an informal group that meets occasionally or swaps uh, stories about what they're doing. Um, they're the sort of things that keep you going, but also if you add a little bit of learning to it, <clears throat> so you might go along to a, an evening class at a tech school or something, uh, and having those little accomplishments, learning a little bit more, achieving something is a great self-reward that, you know, I've done this. So, you know, when I learn another little tune on the piano, you get a, a feeling of that accomplishment and that reinforces you to continue doing that. So you don't take on activities that you are going to stumble at and fail at if you find that you cannot do some of the things that you start to enrol in, some decorating or whatever, then move to something else because the experiences of the failures are going to have that negative impact and you're not going to continue anyway. So move to something that you really do enjoy that is marked by sort of noticeable outputs, either both to yourself and perhaps to others, as I said, of learning a particular song or maybe you take up drawing and sketching and you do a self-portrait that uh, really excites you and other people can recognise that it's you, which is a good feedback. So do things that actually you can accomplish. You can get some reward back and take steps up in terms of if it's a difficulty type thing, take them very slowly. Yeah, I was done. I read an article where one psychologist suggested, look, you know, you should stick with a hobby, uh, even if it's tough in the in the initial stages when perhaps you're not as good at it as you hope to be. You should uh, adhere to a routine with it as if it were a medicine that had been prescribed to you. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, uh, basically for serious leisure, it's supposed to be something uh, sufficiently challenging but adequately rewarding so and uh, it's a like a journey you begin with a passion but as Rob said there is always a learning you know it's uh, an ongoing learning uh, I explore different kinds of leisure activities like people who are just observing like bird watchers those who are collecting things like art collection, book collection, coin collection, people who create things like knitting, uh, pottery, uh, or performing uh, like dancing, music, instrument, etc. But the common element in all of these various activities, as Rob said, is learning. Because you have to learn. And learning is um, the focal point. And that's why um, I noticed in my research that uh, serious leisure uh, participants are very good friends of libraries, uh, glam sector, galleries, libraries, archives, and museums. Because my discipline is library and information science, and I look at leisure from this perspective as well. So, yeah. Uh, as long as you can learn and you enjoy learning it, that, that's then you are in the right track. What about the time? I want to read this text to you, Yazdan. Uh, 
it's about the the difficulties some people face uh, taking up a hobby. I'd like to politely point out, says Grant, that many of us have no hope of hobbies. My children are grown. That was my first 25 years of adult life. I now raise my wife's children, my stepchildren, following abandonment from their father, keeping my small business running to support my dependents. No time for me. Even finding a hobby is a big task. What advice might you have for uh, people in that situation, Yazdan? Yes, if we look at uh, different activities that we do during the day, because we basically um, we have very different lifestyle, we are in different situation, but in general, we can categorize the time during the day into four categories. Self-care for <coughs> the time we need for eating, sleeping, uh, personal hygiene. Uh, the second uh, category is unpaid work and necessary obligations such as childcare or cleaning the house or uh, any obligation we have. And then our paid work and the job we need to do to earn money. What remains is leisure. So the point here is we need to make time for leisure and uh, have uh, small steps and uh, not to be too ambitious about what I'm, what we are doing. So celebrate your um, little achievements because sense of achievement is very important in uh, following a, le- a leisure <coughs> activity, even if it's small. So um, regarding the time, as long as you engage, you can engage with an activity, even very in a very short period of time, that would be a very good start because during the time, you will learn more and you will be more passionate about that activity and then you will make more time for it. Rob, when I was thinking about the ABC rubric, Act, Belong, Commit, uh, it, it was interesting to think of it as, you know, doing doing something, doing something with others and doing something for others. What are some forms that might take? Well, certainly, uh, as, as I mentioned before, uh, you cooking and then taking that along to a homeless people's shelter or something, then you're doing something for someone and adding to the benefits that you're already getting out of uh, what you're doing. So it's um, various ways of volunteering, uh, going out into the bush and <clears throat> clearing out the weeds and, and so on. So that uh, so one of the things I do when I walk along the beach now, um, well, not exactly now, waiting until it gets a bit warmer. <laughs> but uh, I used to just sort of walk along the beach sometimes with a dog or whatever. You'd say hello to people, maybe have a swim. But then I realised there were little bits of plastic here and there and stuff sticking up. So what I do now is I, I take a bag with me when I go for a walk. And uh, I meander across the, <clears throat> the sand and pick up those little bits of plastic and other rubbish that are along there. So what what it sort of did for me was, well, yeah, I was taking a walk. That was good, saying hello to people, getting my physical activity up and things. Uh, And then I saw the opportunity, well, why not pick these bits of plastic up and then you're actually doing something with the environment, whatever. Then I become more noticeable about what other groups are doing in terms of uh, keeping the environment uh, good. And so then I got involved with a, a group that pulls out uh, uh, strange weeds and other sorts of things that are invading the natural environment. And they do that occasionally throughout the year. 
So sometimes these things can just be triggered by little thoughts you have. So as somebody said before, making the time, it, you often don't have to separate a whole lot of time, <clears throat> but you can analyse and it, it may only need 10 or 15 minutes to do something every couple of days and then it gets you into it because uh, there are little spots that you might look at, but you can have a look back at it. But the other thing is that you shouldn't feel obliged to add things to an already existing busy schedule. Mm. But there may be ways of incorporating into what you're already doing. So looking after those kids, is there something in there that can become a leisure time activity, not just a uh, looking after them, but something or other there? So... Yeah, different yeah. ways of doing it. Incorporating the the uh, social aspect with <coughs> the, the leisure as well. Some beautiful texts coming through. I'll finish up on a couple of them. Living in a car, says Tooth the Scarf, and without TV, I read poetry, mainly Banjo Patterson, but also others. Disappointed at how few people had heard any, I decided to learn some with the view of keeping them alive. I now have a playlist of over two hours, including a couple of my own. And Chris says, uh, sorry, another text says, this morning's chat reminds me of something my 17-year-old son, who's studying VCE this year, said recently, I'm lucky that studying chemistry for me feels like a hobby. And I think that's the best <laughs> proof we have, that it's in the eye of the beholder what feels good for you. Rob Donovan, Dr Yazdan Mansourian, thank you both so much for being part of this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Rob Donovan's adjunct professor in the School of Human Sciences at the University of WA. He works uh, on the Mentally Healthy WA's Act, Belong, Commit campaign. He's the founder and principal there. And Dr Yazdan Mansourian is a senior lecturer researching serious leisure at Charles Sturt University. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.